old parish of North Mims has a long and exciting history. Many of the details are obscured by the mists of time, but fortunately much has been recorded and can be retold. Most of the names on this old map have survived today, although we may use a different spelling. The biggest village in the parish is Wellham Green. It's now developed into a thriving residential community. It's said to be one of the largest industrial villages in Britain. The parish includes Brookman's Park, a modern residential area with some attractive properties. Close by are the tiny communities of Belbar, Waterend, and the outlying communities of Little Heath and Bullens Green. Within these areas, we are still fortunate to find many old buildings, monuments, and reminders of the parish as it used to be. When the Normans conquered England, North Mims had the delightful name of Mimin. It came under the control of the Mandeville family, one of the cruelest in the land. Early in the 14th century, Simon de Swanland, a wealthy merchant from London, purchased three quarters of the parish. The name Swanland lives on in Swanland Road and Swanley Bar. He was responsible for building a chantry at St Mary's, the parish church of North Mims. The list of clergy goes back to medieval times. The parish of North Mims covers some 5,000 acres. There were several large and important houses in the parish. The most important was the manor house of North Mims. Others were Brookman's Manor House, Gubbins, Skimpans and Potterall's. Only North Mims House has survived. Built by Sir Ralph Coningsby, who became Lord of the Manor of North Mims early in the 16th century, the house has been much altered. New wings were added. They were later pulled down, and the original building has largely survived. It was the home of the Coningsby family until they sold the manor house in 1658. During World War II, part of the house was used as a Red Cross hospital for convalescent British soldiers and sailors. A large, separate American military hospital was built in the grounds of the house. After the war, these huts became a temporary housing estate called Hockey Lane. For many years, North Mims House was the home of the Burns family who threw the grounds open to the public once a year to raise funds for the Red Cross. In the blue dress, on the left, is Mrs Burns, mother of Sir George. A beautiful feature is the Italian-style loggia. It was the rose garden that most people came to see. 
Sir George Burns, formerly Lord Lieutenant of Hertfordshire for 25 years, lived here until the death of Mrs Burns' mother, after which he moved to the nearby home farm. The Burns family provided the ground for the North Mims Cricket Club, which is close to the farm. North Mims House is, unfortunately, the only one of the great houses to have survived. Not far away stood Potterall's, the home of the Coningsby family, who moved here from North Mims Place. This is not the original house. The clock, above what used to be called the Orange House, has the date 1767 on its face, and this may be the clue to the date of the house itself. In the days before every household had a timepiece, the chimes of the Potterall clock served as the timekeeper for most of the village. Older folk can still remember the attractive gardens when they were lovingly cared for. This drawing by Buckler in 1840 shows potrels from the water splash in Station Road. Among the families to live here were the Cotton Curtises. They were visited by Beatrix Potter, who recorded in her journal, went to afternoon tea. Didn't like the idea at first, but enjoyed myself. Potterall's, an ugly house outside, but good in. Potterall's is still there, but only just. After the war, while it was unoccupied, thieves stole the lead from the roof. No money was available to restore it, and the rain poured in. Gradually, the fabric rotted, and soon it will be just a pile of rubble. That's what happens all too quickly, when nobody cares. The Casamages of Potrells took a great interest in the affairs of the parish. It was Caroline Lydia Casamager who had a school built at Water End in 1847 and endowed it generously. Generations of girls and infants were trained here. Mrs Casamager laid down exactly how much was to be spent on tapes, needles and threads for the girls. Some of the work done by the girls in 1897 is still around for us to admire. One of the school's many headmistresses was Mrs Cook from Cumberland, who took over in 1902. An excellent teacher with boundless energy, she became a pioneer motorcyclist, travelling all over the country with her husband and writing articles for the motorcycling press. A succession of teachers taught the children down the years. The last was Mrs Dorothy Colville, author of the delightful book North Mims, Parish and People. There are many still living who owe their education to her and the Water End School. In 1960, Mrs Colville retired and the school was closed. It was later demolished to make way for the widening of the A1 to motorway standards. 
the boys were taught until recently in Wellham Green. Their school was built in 1887 on the site of the workhouse. Moving now to North Mims's second largest village, Brookman's Park, it was this house, Brookman's, that gave it its name. The manor was held by a John Brookman at the beginning of the 15th century. Later the house was the home of Lord John Summers, one of the most influential men of the time. His last great political appointment was as President of the Privy Council in 1708. His memorial is in the parish church. The house was bought by Peter Gosen, a member of a Huguenot family, in 1786. For the next 140 years, the Gosen family were lords of the manor, playing a dominant part in the affairs of North Mims Parish. Robert William Gosen, the third Gosen to own Brookman's, lived here for 64 years, during which he expanded the estate until he owned more than two-fifths of the parish. Among the properties that he acquired was Gubbins, a fine mansion not far from Brookman's, the grounds of which added 365 acres to his lands. Gubbins stood on the site of a much older house, once the property of Sir John Moore, citizen of London and a judge of the King's Bench. He was the father of the martyr Sir Thomas More, author of the book Utopia, who was executed by King Henry VIII as a result of his opposition to the King's attempts to obtain a divorce. Thomas More, once Henry VIII's Chancellor, is commemorated in North Mims, in the St Thomas More Catholic Church at Wellham Green, and in the naming of the secondary school at Brookman's Park, Chancellor's School. The old Moore Hall was replaced by a much finer house, known as Gubbins. A wealthy young bachelor, Jeremy Sambrook, set about improving the house and the grounds. He commissioned Charles Bridgman, one of the great landscape gardeners of the day, to lay out the grounds. Bridgman created what was called a water garden, so beautiful that it became a well-known attraction. Its fame was such that Queen Caroline and three princesses came here in 1732 to view what were known as the waterworks. Folly Arch was built a little later. By this time, Sambrook had inherited the family baronetcy and had become Sir Jeremy. The idea of a structure like this was that it should look like a romantic ruin when seen on the horizon from the house. But the beauties of Gubbins and the gardens he had created could no longer be enjoyed by Sir Jeremy when, towards the end of his life, he became blind. He died in 1754 and was buried in St Mary's churchyard. Some 80 years later, the house and estate of Gubbins came up for sale. This modern copy of the agent's description of the property proves what a magnificent estate it must have been. Eventually a purchaser was found. It was none other than Robert William Gosen of Brookmans. For reasons that have never been understood, he proceeded to totally demolish the graceful old house.
Since then, trees have grown up and completely obscured the place where it once stood. Almost nothing remains except the lake created by Bridgman and Folly Arch, now a protected building. Strangely enough, the Gosens family's own house, Brookman's, did not long survive Gubbins. In 1891, while the family were away holidaying on their yacht, the house was being redecorated. A story is told that the painters were using a newly invented tool, a blow lamp, which set fire to the timbers below the eaves. Soon the whole house was ablaze. Only the foundations were left. The house was never rebuilt. Why? Nobody knows. The large stable block, which survived, was converted into the family home. Here, in the middle of what were the foundations, a lily pond was constructed, part of what was called a Dutch garden. This is how it used to look when the Gosen family lived there. The stable building that became the Gosen's family home is now the clubhouse of the Brookman's Park Golf Club. But the destruction of the two great houses was not all loss. Where the gardens of Brookman's were once set out, golfers now have a beautiful course to enjoy, and the site of Gubbins has become an open space, owned by the parish council and enjoyed by all. This is the setting in which the modern commuter village of Brookman's Park grew up. Children now go to school, close to where the manor house of Brookman's once stood. But the name Brookman's Park became nationally known when the BBC's London radio transmitter was erected here. It was the first purpose-built transmitter capable of broadcasting two programmes simultaneously. The first programme went out in March 1930 and today four programmes are broadcast from here. The old London 2LO transmitter brought from Savoy Hill in London is still preserved. It provided the first regular public radio program in the world. The equipment used today is completely modern and many times more powerful. Another factor which helped to develop Brookman's Park as a residential area was the railway. Opposed by the Gosens and other landlords when it was first mooted, a station was added at Brookman's Park in 1926. Brookman's estates agreed to pay the railway an annual sum until 500 houses had been built. The station today plays an important part in making Brookman's Park a convenient place in which to live. 
but not all the houses in Brookman's Park today are modern. One that has survived from the past is Muffet's. It's more than 300 years old and has what's known as a mansard roof. It's often mistaken for a Georgian house. The sash windows and the way in which a parapet hides the roof are typically Georgian. But these features were added to bring it up to date in Georgian times. If we go inside, we find a fine staircase that is definitely not Georgian. It is typically Stuart, Jacobean in character. It's just like the one at Greenwich Observatory, built just after Charles II came to the throne. It's said that the nursery rhyme, Little Miss Muffet, originated here. The story goes that a Dr Muffet, a pioneer in the study of spiders, lived here. And it was his daughter Patience who was referred to in the words, Down came a spider and sat down beside her and frightened Miss Muffet away. But there's nothing in the deeds to suggest that such a man ever lived here. Perhaps it happened at Muffet's farm, just across the road. It's much older and may have